thank you for all you have done for us. Thank you for all that you do for us day after day after day. And even in those times when we can't see you working, help us to trust you, to trust that you are indeed working. You are still on your throne. You are still working behind the scenes faithfully, faithfully meeting our every need. And Heavenly Father, this morning we thank you for this place of worship. And for those who are gathered here, you know the needs. Some have already expressed needs for prayer for loved ones who are struggling with sickness right now. We think of the one who shared that she's having surgery this Friday. We think of other needs here. Thank you for the answers that you have given. But right now, we lift up this church family, those who are gathered here, those who are watching online, those who are not able to be here at this moment. Work in hearts and lives. Draw souls to the Savior. Accomplish your will and your work here. And we commit ourselves and we commit this service to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Marcia. Yes, Bible studies will be ramping up this week. I hold one at the Recovery Center in Plattsburgh at the MHAB building. Um, just pray for this ministry. We've had opportunity to impact people who wouldn't normally come to a church. So that's awesome. And then the Thursday Ladies Bible Study will be starting back up this Thursday at 2 o'clock. And anybody is welcome to come and join us. Again, thank you, worship team. Those songs were powerful this morning. Each one has a powerful, powerful message, doesn't it? Let's ask the Lord's blessing as we turn to his word this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for your blessing upon us throughout this past year. We anticipate the coming of a new year tomorrow. And Lord, we don't know what it holds, but we know that our lives are in your hands. Be with us as we look at your word and we Thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Today is the last day of 2023. <laughs> it has been a different kind of a year, hasn't it? It has been a year filled with many experiences, lots of rain and rain and more rain and more rain. Instead of a white Christmas, we've had a wet Christmas. And the fog, this week, if you tried to go any place, that fog was absolutely horrendous. I told my guys at one point I was ready to go to the eyeglass place and see if I couldn't get fog lights from my glasses. <laughs> it's, been, it's been one of those weeks. It's been one of those years, hasn't it? Some of us have had some great things happen in our lives. Birth of loved ones, birth of new babies, marriages in the family, but some have suffered great loss. Back in November, I grabbed my calendar to do birthday cards, and I sat there and I almost cried. This one has passed away. That one passed away. Another one had passed away. A lot of loss this year. And then this past week, I was looking at the obituaries in the newspaper, 
And I said, boy, that name sounds familiar. And I looked, he was from West Chazy, and we had spent a number of years living in West Chazy, and it's like I started reading the obituary. Graduated, 1978, from Beekman Town Central School. And that hit me, because I graduated in 1978 from Beekman Town Central School. This has been a very difficult and challenging year in many ways. But there have been some good things, too. There have been some good things. What will 2024 hold? I don't know. You don't know. Only God knows. Only God knows. But the scripture we're going to look at this morning hopefully will help to put some things in perspective. The portion of scripture that Marsha read is one that I feel the Lord has given me for this coming year. I want to know Christ. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. This little book of Philippians was written by the Apostle Paul. Now, a number of years ago, when I was still doing Bible study at the Violist home, we took, I want to say, months, it was probably more like a couple of years, studying through the book of Acts, studying through the life of the Apostle Paul, studying through some of his writings. Some of the folks in there were from, a, they weren't Wesleyan, most of them were Catholic. We had one Catholic priest. They were so hungry, we just week after week after week studied and studied the life of the Apostle Paul. Paul had it all. If we look back here in the first part of Philippians, we'll see he had, he had it all. Finally, my brothers, starting with verse 1, finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again, and it is a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs, those men who do evil, those mutilators of the flesh. For it is we who are the circumcision, we who worship by the Spirit of God, who glory in Christ Jesus, and who put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reasons for such confidence. If anyone else thinks he has reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law of Pharisee, as for zeal persecuting the church, as for legalistic righteousness, faultless. That's quite a resume, isn't it? That's quite a pedigree. Paul had it all. He came from an impeccable background. As far as the law was concerned, he lived a flawless life but he was so zealous for his heritage. He was so zealous for the law that after the death and resurrection of Christ, Paul put it upon himself to start persecuting those followers of Jesus Christ, to start persecuting them, to round them up, to put them in jail. In fact, one of the scriptures I had here was with the stoning of Stephen and Saul was there Saul was there giving approval to his death. He was so zealous for the Jewish tradition. He was so zealous for the Jewish law that anything that came against that, he was against. And so he became a persecutor 
of the early believers, of the Christians. But one day, and I love this, Acts chapter 9, and we're not going to read that. You can read that on your own. Acts chapter 9, one day he was on his way to Damascus to arrest the Christians there, to put them in prison, to have them put to death. But something wonderful, something amazing happened on that road to Damascus. Jesus met him. The resurrected Jesus met him, struck him blind, spoke to him. But his life would never be the same after that. And what a powerful testimony he shared here. And this is what Marcia read. Philippians chapter 3, starting with verse 7. But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. You see, on the road to Damascus, he not only met Jesus, but he became aware of the, one, the, the truth that his life was not God-honoring, that he was going down a very, very wrong path. And he says here, whatever was for my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection of the dead. From that day that he met Jesus on that road to Damascus, his life was changed. His attitude was changed. His whole perspective had changed. In fact, God gave him a new calling. And that new calling was to go and preach the gospel message, not to the Jews, but to the Gentiles, to those who had previously been overlooked, to those who had previously been despised. His mission now was to go to them and to preach the message of salvation through Jesus Christ. What had been all important to him changed. I was going to say in the blink of an eye, but he lost his eyesight, didn't he? When his eyesight was restored, he had a new mission. The most important thing now for him was to know Christ and to know the power of his resurrection. Nothing else mattered. Nothing else came anywhere close. Paul's life had been miraculously, miraculously touched and changed by Jesus Christ. What about you? What about you? Have you had a life-changing, life-altering encounter with Jesus Christ? I have. Have you? You know what? Today's the last day of 2023. We're ready to start a new year. Wouldn't it be great to start the new year? with a new life because of an encounter with Jesus Christ. But as we move on, Paul puts things into perspective. And allow me to read for you verses 12 through 14. Actually, I'm going to read 12 through 16 while we're at it. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. 
Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too will make God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. Not only had Paul's life been touched by Jesus, his past had been touched by God's mercy and grace. Paul goes on here to talk about the one truth. I haven't obtained all this. This is what I'm aiming for. This is what I'm striving for. I'm not there yet. We've all heard that phrase, God's still working on me. And you know what? God's still working on me. God's still working on you. God is still working on each one of us. We haven't attained, obtained it all yet. But we need to keep going forward. But as we move forward, we need to face the past. Many of us have things in our past that we wish were not there. And I, I said many, probably most of us have things in our past that we wish were not there. We've done things that we should not have done. We've said things that we should not have said. We've gone down paths that we should not have taken. Some live with a lot of regret, with a lot of guilt, with a lot of remorse. But there's good news this morning. Jesus died on that cross to take care of our past, to take care of our past. If there are things in your life that you haven't yet dealt with, today we'll be sharing in communion. It's a perfect opportunity to accept what Jesus Christ did for you on that cross and receive his wonderful gift of forgiveness. But there is forgiveness for those things that we have done that we never should have done. But some of you have been hurt. Some of you, it's not about what you've done. It's about what others have done to you. Some of us have been hurt horribly by what others have done to us. As little children, even maybe by a coworker, a boss, who knows? Who knows? Some of you are carrying the baggage of past hurts. Can I tell you something this morning? I've got good news for you. Jesus died on that cross, not just to provide forgiveness for your sins. He died on that cross to provide healing from the hurt in your life. Isn't that good news? I've been there. I can share some testimonies with you. I've done it before, but I, I'll tell you, there is good news. And it's only as we deal with these, address these, that we can put the past behind us and move forward. May God help us. May God help us. Even Paul's past needed the touch of God's mercy and grace so that he could be and do what God called him to do. Is there something in your past that needs addressing this morning? Sins that need to be forgiven. Past hurts that need to be healed things that need to be dealt with. Today you can leave here a new person because of what Jesus Christ has done for you. Paul goes on to say, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. 
I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. What was Paul's goal? What was the prize he sought? The goal to finish the race that was set before him. The prize, heaven. Wow. But you know what? If you're running a race and you stop partway through, you're not going to get to the goal, are you? And Paul knew that. He knew he had to keep going no matter what opposition he faced. And he faced a lot of opposition. He, he ended up in prison numerous times. He, saw, he faced a lot of opposition, but he knew he was not going to gain that prize if he quit partway through. You're not going to gain the prize if you quit partway through. Paul realized that it was good for him to have had that life-changing encounter with Jesus Christ. But he also knew that he had to keep going. It was good to have that new start and that new life, but he couldn't stop there. I've seen people who have accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord and go on their merry way. It's not enough to accept Christ. It's not enough to make that new start. We need to keep going. And he says here, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. We're not winning the prize. Christ has already won the prize for us. Okay? We need to remember that. We need to keep pressing on till we receive that. The challenge is here for us as well. Forget the past. Don't let it trip you up. Don't let it hold you prisoner. You do not have to be a prisoner of your past. You can be free from that, but you also have to keep going forward. Keep running the race. Keep pressing on toward the goal. And don't ever give up. Don't ever give up. And verse 16, only let us live up to what we have already attained. We also need to live up to the level of maturity we've already attained. You know something? It's easy to slip back. I was talking to my husband this morning. When I learned to drive, I learned to drive on a 1970 Chevy Bel Air. The car was gold with a white top. I still remember that. I know that's older than some of you are. Okay, I know that. <laughs> but I learned to drive on that car. And one thing my father always taught me, when you stop on a hill, make sure you have one foot on the brake and the other one on the accelerator so it doesn't slide back. And I'll tell you, those old cars did. I asked Rudy if the new cars did. He said, not so much because they've got different mechanics in them. But it would easily slide back. But the thought here is how many of us in our Christian walk have started to slide back? What happens if you're not going forward? It's easy to go backwards. We need to live up to that level of maturity that we've already attained. Some powerful lessons here for us this morning. We need to put the past behind us. We need to accept God's grace, God's mercy, God's forgiveness, but we need to put the past behind us. We can't go through life 
focused on the rearview mirror. We can't keep dwelling in the past. We can't be living in the past. We can't be a prisoner of the past. We need to face it. We need to deal with it. We need to go forward. But we also need to keep going forward. If we're not going forward, we're stuck or we're sliding backwards. We need to keep going forwards. We need to live up to the level of maturity that we've already received, that we've already gained. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back forward. You know, I don't know what this past year has held for you. Maybe there's past failures, past struggles, or past hurts that you need to face today. As we receive communion in a few minutes, that's a good time to face it and deal with it. As you come and take the communion elements, it's important to just leave those things at the altar. Take the communion elements as a symbol of his mercy and his grace and go forward walking in that newness of life that he offers to you. May God help us. This year can be a year of going forward in our walk with the Lord, in our relationship with the Lord, in our Christian lives. I don't know about you, but for me, I want to make this verse that Marcia read, my verse for the year. I want to know Christ. I want to know Christ and the power of the resurrection. And so somehow attain to what God has for me. Let's pray and then I'll give you instructions for communion. Heavenly Father, come and speak to our hearts this morning. Come and minister here to our hearts. You know those who are struggling with things from their past that they haven't let go of. This morning, as they come and share in communion, Help them to realize that Jesus died on that cross so that their sins could be forgiven. And those who are struggling with hurts that others have done to them, as they come and receive the communion elements, help them to let go of those hurts and find healing, healing in the blood of Jesus. By his wounds, by his wounds we are healed. And Lord, help each one of us to keep living up to the level of maturity that we have attained. Tomorrow we start a new year. Lord, we don't know what the year is going to hold. But Lord, help us right now as we share communion together to prepare our hearts for this time. And we just thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, worship team. So hopefully you've had an opportunity to get into the communion element. Just a reminder here, the bread represents Christ's broken body, broken for you. It's because of his broken body on that cross that we can have new life that we can have the forgiveness of sins. So as we eat, let's do so remembering Christ's death on the cross for us. Let's eat together.
the juice, the fruit of the vine, represents Christ's blood shed for us. Hebrews reminds us that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. But Jesus shed his blood so that our sins could, could be forgiven once and for all. Isn't that wonderful? And he'll never remember our sins ever again. Isn't that wonderful? Oh, praise the Lord. So as you drink this morning, drink celebrating his death on the cross, but celebrating the forgiveness of your sins that are gone forever. Let us drink together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for Jesus' death on the cross, for his broken body, for his shed blood that met all of your requirements so that our sins could be forgiven. And today we have shared together celebrating what you have done for us. And as we go forth from here this New Year's Eve, as we go forth into a new year, Help us to go forth rejoicing and celebrating your great and wonderful and amazing love for us. And we thank you and praise you. Be with each one of us, Heavenly Father, as we go forth from here. And we pray that our lives would be a radiant witness and testimony to those around us of your love and of your grace. And we commit ourselves to you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Go in the peace of God. God bless you.